0: Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is... Let's Palaver About Wizard and Glass. The fourth novel in the Stephen King saga of the Dark Tower. We are... ah, Losing leaves. We are...
1: I love how you picked up a giant massive dog hair
0: well that came with it the third part of the book the tenth and final chapter of the third part this is the end of the backstory
1: yes Roland has officially told his tale by the end of this
0: yes it is officially done it will be moving back to Eddie Susanna Jake Oi Roland the whole the whole crew We'll which, be back. Which, I mean,
1: as much as we've enjoyed this little, you know, fly-through history, I, I miss our buds.
0: Yes, yes, yes. We've gotten used to them through three books. A little bit in this one. But being, being away for so long, it's it's time. Yes.
1: I need to know what happens next to my buddies.
0: So, the chapter name is Beneath the Demon Moon 2. Ooh. Or in, according to... People from work. That's that. That's not two. That's not peace. That's that's the flip-off sign from Britain, which is weird. It's like you know that's peace. Okay. Okay. I don't care which way oh. I turn it. It's peace. Peace. It, it, it's either way. It's either way. Um, that's why we use one finger. Okay. One,
1: two. Even in sign language, I think. Yeah. It's, still yeah, it's two. two
0: sign it's language. two. But it's facing this way. I don't. I don't care if it's this way or this way. If I go one, that's still one. Oh. Uh,
1: that's true. Two, that's
0: true. three, or Three, four, five. Yeah. Six, seven, eight,
1: nine, yeah. ten. Okay? Okay? Well, look you. Just sign the whole book.
0: <laughs> we'll be here until <gasps> next week. Be a 45 hour. Fuck
1: that goodness. would be interesting. That would be interesting to take, like, a paragraph from the book and actually learn to sign it. Not spell it out. I'm talking about. Oh, I can do spell. It. Okay? Yeah, I can spell, but that's about it. I think that would be.
0: Spell each individual word. It will oh, go every letter not. in the chapter. It will take quite literally forever.
1: My belt was getting stuck on the chair. But yes, this is Beneath the Demon Moon Part 2. If you do not remember, the very first chapter of the entire book is the Beneath the Demon Moon.
0: And if you don't remember, no worries. Neither did we.
1: No. We... <laughs> I don't know if we did it on camera last week or if we did it after the camera stopped, but we literally dug through the entire book trying to find Beneath the Demon moon 1. And we're I don't know what's going on. It's not even in here. He's lied to us. It's Stephen King being a little tricky. But no, it's literally the first, very first chapter of the very first part. Actually, yes, yes, it is. That scared me. That's where we start. Because I forgot that they did the recap at the beginning.
0: Yeah. So I was like oh. I, I still stand by that as cool as it ends the same way it began Reaping? This should have been Reaping. <laughs> this should have been the name of the last <laughs> chapter. Because the last chapter was called Reaping. It's just Reaping. Yeah. And that should have been this chapter. Should have <laughs> been called Reaping. The last chapter had been Beneath the Demon <laughs> Moon 2 but this should have been called Reaping. Cause it is. <sighs> it is quite literally Reaping. Or if you really want to get fancy, call it Charyu Tree.
1: <laughs> just Charyu. <laughs> char. Just name it Charlie. See, you just confuse people. Really make them mad. Charlie's back. <laughs> Charlie the choo-choo tree. <laughs>
0: He's back. He's doing his thing.
1: Okay, so. Yep. Last thing we that happened, at least the very last thing we saw, was Roland taking out the glass and delving into it. Not just looking into it, just his entire soul, his presence, everything. Just kind of sliding into it.
0: Yep, yeah, the last line was, Roland saw was there and lost himself within it. Yes.
1: And the last time we saw Susan...
0: She was being put into a pantry. Yes. And the last time Roland said he ever saw Susan from earlier was in the glass. Yes. So, put all the hints together at this point. <laughs>
1: yes. So we we know that they are they are not going to see each other in person ever again. So let's just dive right let's into dive this right in. happy happy little chapter that is Roland's
0: past. Well, I guess the last time we saw Susan, she wasn't being put into a pantry. No. The last time she's we saw currently her, be put into a pantry.
1: Yes, she. I think the last time we saw her, she was literally just going to Seafront. Like they had led her to seafront on the horses and Maybe, stuff like that.
0: Remember. This chapter was so long that I don't remember where it led to.
1: I forgot this I was know, the like, beginning.
0: She's like, whew. Mm. Yeah. But Coral has a good grip on Susan. I'm going to put ye in the cold pantry until I know better what to do with, with ye, dear, Coral said. You'll be quite safe there and warm. How fortunate ye wore a serape. Then, when Jonas gets back, you'll never see side Jonas again, Susan said. He won't ever. Fresh pain exploded in her sensitive face. For a moment, it seemed the entire world had blown up. Susan reeled back against the dressed stone wall of the lower corridor. Her vision first blurred, then slowly cleared. She could feel blood flowing down her cheek from a wound opened by the stone on Coral's ring. When Coral had backhanded her, and her nose, that caused thing to bleed again. And her nose, huh? That cu- cussed? Cussed?
1: Like, kind of like cussed, that cussed thing.
0: Uh, that cussed thing, yeah. Was bleeding again, too. Coral was looking at her in a chilly, this is all business to me fashion. But Susan believed she saw something different in the woman's eyes. Fear mayhap. Don't. Talk to me about Eldred, Missy. He sent to catch the boys who killed my brother. The boys you set loose! Get off of it! Get off of it, woman! Susan wiped her nose, grimaced at the blood, uh, pulled in her palm, and wiped it on the leg of her pants. I know who killed Hartthorn as... Well, as ye do yourself. So don't pull mine, and I won't yank yours. She watched Coral's hand raise... Ready to slap, and managed to manage a dry laugh. Go on, cut my face open with that other one, other side, if you'd like. Will that change how you sleep tonight with no man to warm the other side of your bed?
1: Susan's just done.
0: She's done! She's done! I'm done with everything! I know he's dead! I know it!
1: Like, she's literally, even as soon as she was taken prisoner, she's like, you know what? I'm just not gonna take it from anybody. Like she went after uh, Lenny, like just went at him. Or I think it was Lenny that I she think was. So. She's like, "You killed my father. I know you did." Hey, everybody, he's a murderer. Oh, was it
0: Lenny, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I think, didn't Lenny die in the battle. Isn't I think Lenny's dead? Maybe. I'm pretty sure Lenny's dead. Okay, so then who was? Because there's Laszlo or whatever his name is
1: i don't know i don't
0: remember she went after somebody like it was nobody's business
1: well that's the thing this happened before lenny and them moved forward then because remember she was brought to everybody and then brought to seafront yeah maybe Lenny then. so she i think approached lenny about it and was like and like literally kicked his butt to the ground yeah so somebody so it's like she went after him she's been after anybody who gets in her face about anything and now she coral she doesn't care
0: no she doesn't care she doesn't
1: and, of course, Cor- Coral just just hauls her down the corridor and then just, yeah. It says, get in there. Go smart before I decide to kick your winesome butt square. Susan looked her in the eye, smiling. I'll damn you for a murder, Scythorne, but you've already damned yourself. Ye know it, too. Tis written in your face, to be sure. So I'll just drop ye a curtsy. Still smiling, she suited action to the words, and wish ye a very good day. Get in and shut up your sassy mouth, Coral cried, and pushed Susan into the cold pantry. She slammed the door, ran the bolt, and turned her blazing eyes upon the backs, who stood prudently away from her. Keep her well, muchachos, mind ye do. She brushed between them, not listening to their assurances and went up to her late brother's suite to wait for Jonas, or word of Jonas. The way-faced gal, sitting down there amongst the carrots and potatoes, knew nothing but her words. You'll never see sigh Jonas again where in Coral's head now they echoed and would not leave.
0: Yeah, because um, you definitely will not see (laughs) Jonas again. Jonas very dead.
1: Yeah, this is it's gone. Everything. No, no. If if you're that connected, shouldn't you feel his loss? Shouldn't you feel it? (laughs) Oh, that's right. You're you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ice. They're both ice. Yeah. So now we kind of just get a overview of what the town's like, which is pretty much just how we kind of got the same feeling earlier in the tavern where everybody's drinking, but nobody's talking. Like, Shabby even tries to play a little tune and literally gets, like, slapped or kicked or something and told gets, to shut up.
0: He gets threatened with a knife. Yeah.
1: Oh, let's that's see. That's the worst. Okay, that yeah. makes sense, yeah.
0: The tip of a knife in his ear. <sighs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, he just need to keep quiet. Let everybody be somber. Everybody's all upset after the mayor being killed. Those those terrible, terrible boys.
1: It says, These folk, sullen, drunk, and as potentially dangerous as storm clouds filled with lightning, wanted someone to focus on, someone to tell them what to do, and of course, someone to toss on the fire as in the days of Eld. So, nowadays, all they do is just throw little stuffy guys. But these legends, these traditions, date back to a time when they literally, whoever was... On trial, whoever they hated, pretty much anything, were just thrown on the fires as a sacrifice, or just for fun.
0: It was at the point, not long after the last toll of noon had faded into the cold air that the batwing doors opened, and two women came in. A good many knew the croon and lead, and several of them crossed their eyes with their thumbs... As a ward against her evil look, a murmur ran through the room. It was the coos, the old witch woman. And although her face was pucked with sores and her eyes sunk so deep in their sockets they could barely be seen, she gave off a particular sense of vitality. Her lips were red, as if she had been eating winterberries.
1: Yeah, I don't quite think so.
0: Yeah, we know from the previous chapter, not 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 winterberries.
1: I'm just trying to do the whole cross... Like, you're, you're saying it, but cross their eyes with their thumb. I assume maybe...
0: I, I really don't know. Like,
1: the whole crossing thing? Because I don't think they literally... Just, that doesn't make sense, and... I don't know. I would just assume maybe the whole actual making... <laughs> yeah, like making a cross, except they just use their thumb. I don't know. I don't know these things.
0: I don't know. Yeah. I
1: apparently don't know how to ward off evil. I'm sorry, you guys.
0: I invite it. The woman behind her walked slowly and stiffly with one hand pressed against her midsection. I wonder why. (laughs) Her face was white as the witch's woman's mouth was red.
1: Hmm, correlation.
0: Rhea advanced to the middle of the floor, passing the gawking trial hands at the watch-me table without so much of a glance. Uh, When she reached the center of the bar, she stood directly beneath the romp's glare. She turned to look in the silent drovers and town folks. Most of ye know me, she cried in a rusty voice, which stopped just... <gasps> Short of... Stridency? I would assume so. Sure. Those of ye who don't have never wanted a love potion or needed the...
1: Okay. Sorry, that sentence just like, excuse me, what? Those of ye who don't have never...
0: I <laughs> <laughs> Have never wanted a love potion or needed a ram put back in your rod <laughs> or gotten tired of a nagging mother-in-law's tongue I'm Rhea the wise woman of the Coos and this lady beside me is Aunt to the girl who freed three murderers last night the same girl who murdered ye town's sheriff and a good young man married he he was, and with the kid on the way, he stood before her with he stood before her with his defenseless hands raised, pleading for his life, because she was there, I'm sure, okay. on behalf of his wife and his baby, or babby, to come, and still she shot him. Cruel she is. Cruel and heartless.
1: So I'm sure you guys get it, but if you don't, she's pretty much saying that Dave, good old Deputy Dave, was like... Please ma'am, please, I have a child, I have a wife, and...
0: Because again, she was there!
1: She totally saw the whole
0: thing happen! The people need someone to blame. They need someone to take their anger out. They need an outlet. And right now, Rhea's giving them one. Because they don't have the boys...
1: Strangers came and ye welcomed em in, she cried in her rusty crow's voice. Welcomed em and gave em bread to eat, and it's ruin they fed ye in return. The deaths of those ye loved and depended on, spoilage to the time of the harvest, and gods know what curses upon the time to follow, fin di año. More murmurs, now even louder she touched their deepest fear that this year's evil would spread might even snarl the newly threaded stock which had so slowly and hopefully begun to emerge along the outer arc but they've gone and likely won't be back Ray continued "Mayhap just as well why should their strange blood taint our ground but there's this other one raised among us a young woman gone traitor to her town and rogue among her own kind Her voice dropped to a hoarse whisper on the last phrase. Her listeners strained forward to hear, faces grim, eyes big. And now Rhea pulled the pallid, pallid skinny woman in the rusty black dress forward. She stood Cordelia in front of her like a doll or a ventriloquist dummy and whispered in her ear. But the whisper traveled somehow. They all heard it. Come, dear. Tell them what ye told me in a dead carrying voice cordelia said she said she wouldn't be the mayor's i always forget i, always, I say gilly i gilly. say gilly
0: Where was it looked it? It up? i don't know we have to look it up at some point
1: he wasn't good enough for such as her she said and then she seduced will dearborn the price of her body was a fine position in gilead at his consort and the murder of hart thorne Dearborn paid her price. Lusty as he was for her, he paid gladly. His friends helped. They may have had the use of her as well, for all I know. Chancellor Rymer must have gotten in their way, or perhaps they just saw him and felt like doing him too. Bastards, Petty cried, sneaking young calls. Now tell him what's needed to clarify the new season before it's spil- s- spoiled, dearie, Rhea said in a crooning voice. Cordelia Delgado raised her head and looked around at the men. She took a breath, pulling the sour, intermingled smells of graf and beer and smoke and whiskey deep into her spinster's lungs. Take her. Ye must take her. I say it in love and sorrow, so I do. Silent their eyes. Paint her hands. The glass gaze of the thing on the wall looking at stuffed judgment over the waiting room. Char you tree, Cordelia whispered. They did not cry their agreement, but sighed it, like autumn wind, through stripped
0: trees. Char you trees. Char you trees. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, so yeah. The words ventriloquist dummy. <laughs> uh, very perfectly right here.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Because... Cordelia is just a puppet at this point, being used exactly like Rhea wants to use it.
1: And honestly, even if there was no sway over her, even if anything, I don't know. I don't know if I could give Cordelia any credit to say that if Rhea said, "I want you to say this," if Cordelia would even be like, "No, I can't lie." Like I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know.
0: I just don't know if she would literally condemn her, her niece I don't know. to a certain death. But, I mean it's one thing to be mad at her but to walk into a bar and tell everyone they must burn her niece to death is a bit much even for Cordelia I don't
1: know
0: but there's plenty of sway over from Rhea
1: cuz I th- I feel like even like in the moment that last moment where the two of them clashed I feel like even as they went back and forth and they marked each other with ashes and stuff like that I think in that moment Cordelia was lost. Like I feel like she broke and she went crazy. But if it came down to it, if everything happened, I think Cord would be like, "This has gone far enough."
0: Like, yeah. Much they I don't like out, the woman, I don't just think
1: cast her out. That's all she we would.
0: Need. But I mean, we come down to it. there's definitely something over her. I mean, yeah, of course. Rhea just fed from her stomach. Yeah, <laughs> sucked. Blood dry, like a vampire. Okay, things have gone pretty far.
1: Now we're back to Shimi. Shimi, Shimi, Shimi. Well, sort of.
0: (laughs) Shimi ran after the bad coffin hunter and Susan sigh until he could literally run no more. Got a mighty, mighty bad stitch in his side. Oh, mighty bad. He had to take a break, even though he didn't want to. Had to.
1: And, of course, someone caught up to him.
0: He should have taken the mule the whole time. <laughs> Apparently, that was perfectly fine, because this thing caught up well, with him.
1: he was worried, okay? He was worried with the sensitive mission that he was on, that Capricoso would just... You know, make a noise at the wrong time and he'd be caught. And well, he now he's be made a noise because he's
0: just been bitten never living heck out of by the mule.
1: Yes, the mule caught up to him and bit him on the butt.
0: Yep. So good old, good old Shimi is uh, going to take good old mule the rest of the way. Yes. To oh, the mayor's house. That's where he ends up.
1: I found it funny that... He, uh, Shimi, of course, learns to cut. Well, he It says his first cuss word, and then from then on, starts using it a lot more. And it's just funny because it's just it's just Shimi, okay. Shimi is this, this soft-hearted, like wonderful guy, and he just starts calling the mulet and then it's like, wait, I can keep doing this. It's fun. <laughs>
0: You'll bit him, okay? He's very, very very upsetting.
1: It says, He had discovered, as many others had before him, that only the first cuss word is really hard. After that, there's nothing quite like them for relieving one's feelings.
0: Which well, he had a lot to say. <laughs> Susan's trail cut diagonally across the drop towards the coast and the grand old adobe that rose there. When Shimi reached seafront, he dismounted outside the ark... And only stood, and waited, and waited, and waited, and waited, <laughs> and waited scary, some more.
1: Okay? It says.
0: And eventually, the person he was waiting thought who might catch him finally comes out.
1: Well, he was worried about Miguel because apparently, out of everybody in this story, every time Miguel saw him, he treated like him him like he was vermin. He's like, get up Like I don't want to see you. If you're around here, I'm gonna just you know shoo you away. And so he was worried that if Miguel saw him, Miguel would sound an alarm or something and say he was there.
0: Well, Miguel comes out insanely drunk and passes out. (laughs) So she very slowly passes Miguel.
1: (laughs) It said... um... (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I caught Shimi cursing at the painting. Um, He did make it to the kitchen and he found some old food and like uh, not the first character to just randomly start eating old food. In this very smoking. hungry.
0: <laughs> very hungry, okay? But eventually he gets himself into a room where a hand grips him. Out of nowhere a hand gripped Shimi's arm just above the elbow. He almost shrieked Don't, a woman whispered for your father's sake Shimi somehow managed to keep the scream in. He turned and there wearing jeans and a plain checked ranch shirt her hair tied back, her pale face set, her dark eyes blazing stood the mayor's widow Cy Thorin, I, I, I. there was nothing else he could think to say. Now she'll call for the guards, oh, the watch. if there be any left, he thought, in a way, it would be a relief. Have you come for the girl, the Delgado girl? Grief had been good to Olivia. <laughs> I don't know why I said Olivia, but <laughs> it might matters- as ah. well be. I'll live short for Olivia. Uh Olive. In a terrible way. Grief had been good to Olive in a terrible way.
1: Yeah.
0: What a way to say that. <laughs> had made her face seem less plump and oddly young. Her dark eyes never left his, and for a bade any attempt at a lie, Shimi nodded. Good. I can use your help, boy. She's down below in the pantry, and she's guarded. Shimi grasped, not believing what he was hearing. Do you think I believe she had anything to do with Hart's murder, Olive asked? As if Shimi had objected to any uh, to her idea. I may be fat and not so speedy on the pins anymore, but I'm not a complete idiot. Come on now. Seafront's not a good place for Sal De- Sai dagato Just now, too many people from town know where she is. And now, the most Oh-hoo! important couple pages in almost the entire book series at this point
1: i don't i don't even know how to go about this we we just read the whole thing we have to read
0: the whole thing it is too important not to read the entire thing it is insanely important it answers so many questions it has to be read yeah i mean it is three and a half pages but it has to be read do you disagree
1: no, it's, it's literally everything we've wanted to know, everything that fuels everything is yes. right here.
0: This is this is some of the most three and a half most important pages we've come across in any of the books. This is insanely important. It has to be read. So, who wants to start? Yeah, really. That's the real question at this point. We're going to have to... Well, I mean, this, it, for the most part, the first part here is very much in segments. So, I guess we can switch back and forth if you'd like. <laughs> uh... The second page is mainly one, but the rest of it's pretty segmented segmented. off.
1: Yeah. So not the non-italic versus the, and then the giant ass big italic part. But yeah, good.
0: (laughs) (sighs) We go to, what what did we say? We go to Roland in the Wizard's Glass. Yes. That is where we are. And that is where we'll go. Roland. He will hear this voice in uneasy dreams for the rest of his life, never quite remembering what what he has dreamed, only knowing that the dreams leave him feeling ill somehow, walking restlessly, straightening pictures in loveless rooms, listening to the call to Muzian in alien town squares.
1: I don't know what that is. I don't know what that (laughs) is. Roland of Gilead. This voice which he almost recognizes, a voice so like his own that a psychiatrist from Eddie's or Susanna's or Jake's, when and where, would say it was his voice, the voice of his subconscious. But Roland knows better. Roland knows that often the voices that sound the most like our own, when they speak in our heads, are those of the most terrible outsiders, the most dangerous intruders.
0: Roland Son of Stephen, the ball has taken him first to Cambry and to Mayor's house. That's weird. And he would see more of what is happening there. But then it takes him away, calls him away in that strangely familiar voice. And he has to go. There is no choice because unlike Rhea or Jonas, he is not watching the ball. And the creatures who speak soundlessly within it, he is inside the ball. A part of it. Endless Pink Storm. Roland,
1: come, Roland, see. And so the storm whirls him up, first up and then away. He flies across the drop, rising and rising through stacks of air, first warm and then cold. And he is not alone in the pink storm which bears him west along the path of the beam. Shub flies past him, his hat cocked back on his head. He is singing Hey Jude at the top of his lungs as his nicotine stained fingers plank keys that are not there. Transported by his tune, Sheb doesn't seem to realize that the storm has ripped his piano away.
0: Roland, come, the voice says. The voice of the storm, the voice of the glass. And Roland comes. The romp flies by him, glassy eyes blazing with pink light. A scrawny man in a farmer's overalls goes flying past, his long red hair streaming out behind him. Life for you and for your crop, he says. Something like that, anyway. And then he's gone. Next, spinning like a weird windmill, comes an iron chair. To Roland, it looks like a torture device equipped with wills. And the boy gunslinger thinks the Lady of Shadows, uh, without knowing why he thinks it or what it means. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder. That sounds well, I think right we're all very familiar with that, who that is. <laughs> yes.
1: Now this pink storm is carrying him over blasted mountains, now over a fertile green delta where a broad river runs its oxbow squiggles like a vein, reflecting a placid blue sky that turns to the pink of wild roses as the storm passes above. Ahead, Roland sees an uprushing column of darkness and his heart quails, but this is where the pink storm is taking him, and this is where he must go.
0: I want to get out, he thinks. But it's not stupid. He realizes the truth. He may never get out. The wizard's glass has swallowed him. He may remain in its stormy, muddled eye forever.
1: I'll shoot my way out if I have to, he thinks. But no, he has no guns. He is naked in the storm, rushing bare ass toward that virulent blue-black infection that has buried all the landscape beneath
0: it. And yet he hears singing, faint, but beautiful, a sweet harmonic sound that makes him shiver and think of Susan, bird and bear and hare and fish.
1: Suddenly, Shimi's mule, Capricoso, Roland thinks, a beautiful name, goes past, galloping on thin air with his eyes as bright as fire dims in the storm's lumbery fugo. Following him, wearing a sombrera and riding a broom festooned with fluttering reap charms, comes Rhea of the Coos, I'll get you, my pretty, she screams at the fleeing mule. And then cackling, she is gone, zooming and brooming.
0: Roland plunges into the black, and suddenly his breath is gone. The world around him is noxious? Mm-hmm. Darkness. The air seems to creep on his skin like a layer of bugs. He is buffeted? Buff- buffeted? Buffeted. Buffeted? <laughs> okay boxed to and fro by invisible fist then driven downward in a die so violent he fears he will be smashed against the ground so fell lord perth
1: dead fields and deserted villages roll up out of the gloom he sees blasted trees that will give no shade oh but all his shade here all is death here this is the edge of endworld where some dark day he will come and all is death here
0: Gunslinger, this is Thunderclap. Thunderclap, he says. Here are the unbreathing, the white faced, the unbreathing, the white faced.
1: Yes, he knows that somehow. This is the place of slaughtered soldiers, the cloven helm, the rusty halberd. From here come the pale warriors. This is Thunderclap, where clocks run backward and the graveyard vomits out their dead.
0: Ahead is a tree, like a crooked, clutching hand. On its topmost branch, a billy-bumbler has been impaled. It should be dead, but as the pink storm carries rolling past, it raises its head and looks at him with un- unexpressible pain and weariness. Oi! it cries, and then it is. then, And then it, too, is gone, and not to be remembered for many years.
1: Look ahead, Roland. See your destiny. Now, suddenly, he knows that voice. It is the voice of the turtle. He looks and sees a brilliant blue-gold glow piercing the dirty darkness of Thunderclap. Before he can do more than register it, he breaks out of the darkness and into the light like something coming out of an egg, a creature at last being born.
0: Light. Let there be light. The voice of the turtle cries, and Roland has to put his hands to his eyes and peek through his fingers to keep it from blinding, from being blinded. Below him is a field of blood, or so he thinks then. A boy of fourteen who has that day done his first real killing. This is the blood that flows out of thunderclap and threatens to drown our side of the world, he thinks. And it. Will not be for untold years that he will finally rediscover his time inside the ball and put this memory together with Eddie's dream and tell his compadres as they sit in the turnpike breakdown lane at the end of the night that he was wrong, that he had been fooled by the brilliance, coming as it did so hard on the heels of Thunderclap's shadow. It wasn't blood, but roses." He tells Eddie, Susanna, and Jake.
1: Gunslinger, look, look there. Yes, there it is, a dusty gray-black pillar rearing on the horizon, the dark tower, the place where all beams, all lines of force converge. In its spiring windows he sees fitful electric blue fire and hears the cries of all those pent within. He senses both the strength of the place and the wrongness of it. He can feel how its spooling error across everything, softening the divisions between the worlds, how its potential for mischief is growing stronger even as disease weakens its truth and coherence, like a body afflicted with cancer. This jutting arm of dark grey stone is the world's great mystery and last awful riddle.
0: It is the tower, the dark tower, rearing to the sky, and as Roland rushes towards it in the pink storm, he thinks, I will enter you, me and my friends, if Ka wills it so. We will enter you and we will conquer the wrongness within you. It may be years yet, but I swear by bird and bear and hare and fish, by all I love, that.
1: But now the sky fills with flaggy clouds which flow out of thunderclap, and the world begins to go dark. The blue light from the tower, rising window, shines like mad eyes, and Roland hears thousands of screaming, wailing voices.
0: You will kill everything and everyone you love, says the voice of the turtle. And now it is his cruel voice, cruel and hard, and still the tower will be pent shut against you.
1: The gunslinger draws in all his breath and draws together all his force. When he cries his answer to the turtle, he does so for all the generations of his blood. No, it will not stand. When I come here in my body, it will not stand. I swear on my father's name, it will not stand.
0: Then die, the voice says. And Roland is hurled at the gray-black stone flank of the tower to be smashed there like a bug against a rock. But before that can happen...
1: Well, that that was a lot.
0: It was a lot. That is important. This is Roland's entire reason for everything.
1: Yes. And it's like, within the first paragraph, you know he's seen so much deeper into that about what's happening now. But it just whisks away and we get all this information now as far as him, him seeing everything.
0: But in the end, we, we truly only get a glimpse of what he's seeing. Yes. Because I, I, I almost felt like he could write a whole book about what Roland saw in the glass.
1: And we do, like a little bit later, we do get more of what he saw. Yeah, a little bit more yeah. like,
0: he, he speaks of it.
1: Yes, but as far as just knowing what we know of now about like Jake and Eddie and Susanna and Oi, already knowing these characters from the first couple books, and knowing that Roland has actually seen them already when he was fourteen, mm-hmm. but just not knowing it until this moment, it's like ah.
0: But this is this is this is Roland's why. Yes. This is it. Which we get a little bit more explanation here. Coming very soon about a little bit more about him saying they must. Yes. They have no choice. This is his his only reason in life at this point. Okay. Ah, puppy. So, good old Cuthbert and Elaine. Yes. Good old Cuthbert and Elaine. Stood watching Roland with increasing concern. He had the pierce, the pierce, the pot, whoo, the piece of Merlin's rainbow raised his face, cupped in his hands as a man might cup a ceremonial goblet before making a toast. The drawstring bag lay crumbled in the dusty toes of his boots. His cheeks and forehead were washed in the pink glow that neither boy liked. It seemed alive somehow and hungry, they thought. As if with one mind, I can't see his eyes. There are, where are his eyes? Roland, Cuthbert repeated. If we're going to get out of hanging wrong before they're ready for us, you have to put that thing away. Roland made no move to lower the ball. He muttered something under his breath. Later, when Cuthbert and Elaine had a chance to compare notes, they both agreed it had been thunderclap. I was like, that does not make sense. This is not working. <laughs>
1: it, well, it was like she, and I was like, no, there's no she.
0: It's Roland. Elaine asked, stepped forward, as gingerly as a surgeon, slipping a scalpel into the body of a patient. He slipped his right hand between the curve of the ball and Roland's bent, studious face. There was no response. Elaine pulled back and turned to Cuthbert. Can you touch him, Bert? asked. Elaine shook his head. Not at all. It's like he's gone somewhere far away. We have to wake him up. Cuthbert's voice was dust dry and shaky at the edges. Vanny told us that if we wake a person from deep hypno hypnot- trance,
1: Hypnotic.
0: Hypnotic oh deep hypnotic trance. For some reason, I was thinking they were one word. Oh, (laughs) there are two words. Not (laughs) a trance.
1: Not a trance. (laughs) uh,
0: Too suddenly, he can go mad, Elaine said. Remember? I don't know if I dare. Roland stirred. The pink sockets where his eyes had been seemed to glow. His mouth flattened into a thin, bitter determination. They both knew well. No. It will not stand, he cried, in a voice that made goose flesh rippled the skin of the other two boys. That was not Roland's voice at all. At least not as he is now. That was the voice of a man. No, Elaine said much later. When Roland slept and he and Cuthbert sat up before the campfire, that was the voice of a king.
1: Which is really cool.
0: <laughs> it's cool, but it's
1: like... I'm sure it's scary at the I mean, time to hear, but <laughs>
0: a king. Well, it's just it's interesting to say king.
1: It's just that that
0: ooh, all powerful powerful leader. leader Roland is never a <laughs> king.
1: <laughs> he could have been well, sort of-ish, kind of like king of the night force. <laughs> says, When I come here in my body, it will not stand. I swear on my father's name, it will not stand. Then, as Roland's unnaturally pink face contorted like the face of a man who confronts something unimaginable horror, Cuthbert and Elaine lunged forward. It was no longer a question of perhaps destroying him in an effort to save him. If they didn't do something, the glass would kill him as they watched. In the dooryard of the barque, it had been Cuthbert who clicked Roland. This time Elaine did the honors, administering a hard right to the center of the gunslinger's forehead. Roland tumbled backward, the ball spilling out of his loosening hands and the terrible pink light leaving his face. Cuspert caught the boy, and Elaine caught the ball. Its heavy pink glow was weirdly insistent, beating at his eyes and pulling at his mind, but Elaine stuffed it resolutely into the drawstring bag again, without looking at it, and as he pulled the cord, yanking the bag's mouth shut, He saw the pink light wink out, as if knew it had lost, for the time being, at least. He turned back and winced at the sight of the bruise puffing up from the middle of Roland's brow. Is he out cold, Cuthbert said. He better come too soon. Cuthbert looked at him grimly, with not a trace of his usual amiability. Yes, he said, you're certainly right about that. (laughs) They got things to do. (laughs) Roland can't be (laughs) napping.
0: No, we, we 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 ain't got time for this. We just killed a whole bunch of people, Roland's stuck in a ball, the thing's about to happen, we're gonna more people, <laughs> <Where> we gotta go
1: <laughs> We literally have a plan and Roland you've been messing it up since day one. Yeah, you, you, you. need to step up. <laughs> oh, just like straight to the forehead. Whew Oh right straight to the forehead. That's gotta suck. No wonder why he's out cold. Okay, it's not the ball at this point. Elaine, oh. you about messed him up.
0: Now we're back to Shimi waiting at the foot of the stairs, which led down to the kitchen. And now we have. I keep Olive. want to call. Her. I keep want to call her <laughs> Coral. I cannot help it. Oh, well, they're
1: both Thorins, so it confuses you. Okay, <laughs> except one's a sister and one's his... Ex-wife that he pretended no longer existed, so
0: now widowed wife. Yes. Uh, So yeah, she comes back, talks about the two guys' garden, Mm -hmm. pretending not really to speak English. God, she knows better.
1: Oh yeah, she's like, "I need you guys to leave," and he's like, "Ah, I don't understand. Like, no habla." Mm She's like, I'm not stupid. I know that they know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But. And then she's like, uh, "Turn out your pockets," she said. Let's see what you have for hopes and garlands. She did as she asked, producing a little pocket knife, a gift from Stanley Riz, and a half-eaten cookie from one. From the other, he brought out three ladyfinger firecrackers. Which the first time I read it, I just read the three ladyfingers, and I was like, "Man, you got a lot of snacks in your pockets." <laughs> A big banger and a few sulfur matches. Olive's eyes gleamed when she saw these. Listen to me, Shimi, she said. She yeah. has a plan.
0: <sighs> she does have a plan. She does. Now back to Cuthbert. He patted Roland's face. Oh, so, yeah, he, just, he, he can't get Roland up. But we get good old Elaine to use the touch to yes. wake him.
1: It says, Roland, Roland, wake up, please. We need you. At first, there was nothing. Then Roland stirred, muttered, and pulled his hands out of Elaine's. And the moment before his eyes opened, both of the other two boys were struck by the same fear of what they might see. No eyes at all, only a raving pink light. But they were Roland's eyes, all right those cool blue shooter's eyes.
0: Cool blue shooter's eyes. How long was I out? Roland touched the bruise in the center of his forehead. Uh, not long, Lucien. Five minutes, maybe? Roland, I'm sorry. I hit you, but I had to. It was. I thought it was going to kill you. Mayhap it was. Is it safe? Alan pointed wordlessly at the drawstring bag. Good. It's best one of you carry it for now. I think that is best, personally. <laughs> uh, he may be tempted. Finish the arrival. Blah. blah, blah. Rowan, Cuthbert, began. Rowan turned, one hand on the horn of his saddle. Cuthbert licked his lips, and for a moment, uh, Elaine, didn't think he would be able to ask. If you don't, I will, Elaine thought. But Bert managed to bring in the words out in a rush. What did you see? Much, Rowan said. I saw much. But most of it is already fading out of my mind, the way dreams do when you wake up. What I do remember, I'll tell you as we ride. You must know, because it changes everything. We're going back to Gilead, but not for long. Where after that, Elaine asked, melted west, in search of the Dark Tower. If we survive today, that is. Come on, let's take those takers.
1: So, he has officially... With one vow has officially set himself on the dark tower. Th- yeah, this, this, is, is- this is the first sentence that sets his journey.
0: Yes. Which the ball made happen. Yes. Because of him diving into it like he did and seeing everything he saw. This is the reason. Which is interesting that the wizard rainbow, that the pink ball, that generally only shows bad things, mm-hmm. somehow took him and showed him so much. Yes, And to go on this journey. He, he's the one that must do this it's interesting
1: it's weird, it's, it's definitely weird and interesting, especially since of course he sees the turtle, or he hears the turtle, cool. it's the voice of the turtle but also that last line that last line was so important because he remembers it even as he grows older the whole, you will kill everything that you love and he's like, no I won't and then he's like, well then die like just Your your choices are you kill you sacrifice everything or you die. That's just it. That those are your options, Roland.
0: And that remains his options. Yes. Unfortunately. There's a lot of death around Roland.
1: Yes. He he's constantly met with that decision of
0: I mean how many either, times he sacrificed Jake? Yes.
1: It's this person, this relationship, this scenario. This anything, happiness, that, that's a sacrifice all its own. You have happiness, a peaceful life, or death. You have, you, you take all that from you, or you die. Which one are you choosing? And he's like, no, I must go forward. I must know the truth. I can't just die and not know what the Dark Tower just is.
0: Keep pursuing it through everything.
1: And that's why, like even just now, every single time in this book series... That Roland has ever said, like, it's okay, I'm going to change. Or it's okay, I'm thinking about choosing this. And we go, or Eddie has said, you know, like, Roland, you'll choose anything over your tower. And we're like, this is it right here.
0: <sighs> and then we're back to the pantry. Yes, the pantry. The two vax so, good old uh, Olive gets to come back in and try to persuade them once again.
1: Yeah. Um, this... Maria's actually joined them.
0: Yes. Good old Maria, who we've never heard of before in this book. <laughs> Shut your face. Pretty positive. She's never been in a no. book before. This is the first yeah. time we've heard of her.
1: Yeah. Uh huh. That's what you said the last time we heard of her. So, what's your excuse now? <laughs> <laughs> Delusions? <sighs>
0: back yeah. I don't really have a good answer here. Uh. There are some people upstairs trying to steal things! Yes.
1: They've set the place on fire. You guys have to do something about it. You're the only one protecting the place now.
0: Come on, Olive Snapped. Are you cowards? And then of course we get a bunch of little firecrackers and yeah. stuff.
1: So she Shimi's doing what he did the last time. Yes. He's been he's setting off firecrackers and this time literally setting things on fire. Like yes. he's setting the curtains on fire. And Maria and Olive are literally like, we'll watch the chick. Go. And they're like, well, we can't really do... Go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they go. And they open the door for good old Susan. Susan took Marina's hand before the maid could touch her face and squeezed her fingers. Do you think Thorne would want me now? She asked. And then seemed to realize who her other rescuer was. Olive. Thorn. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to be cruel, but ye must believe that Roland, him ye know as Will Deerborn, would never. I know it well, Olive said. And there's no time for this now. Come on. It's time to go. It is time to go. She, like Susan the last time, I've got these, these giant things yeah. I've put over you. Time to go.
1: Put these on. It's going to be cold. It says, Olive hoped with all her heart that they would be fortunate. She wanted Susan safely away from Hambry before the sun went down and before the moon rose.
0: Right now, some much, much more important information.
1: Oh, jeez.
0: "'Susan's been taken prisoner,' Roland told the others as they rolled west towards Hanging Rock. "'That's the first thing I saw in the glass. "'He spoke with such an air of absence that Cuthbert almost reined up. "'This wasn't the arid lover of the last few months. "'It was was as if Roland had found a dream to ride through the pink air within the ball, "'and part of him rode it still. "'Or is it riding him?' Cuthbert wondered. "'What?' Elaine asked Susan Taken How By whom Is she alright You seem much more concerned than Roland Yeah
1: I was about to say Like (laughs) yeah Everybody notices it too
0: Ah, Taken by Jonas He hurt her some But not too badly She'll heal And she'll live I'd turn around in a second If I thought her life Was in real danger Roland
1: Roland What do you think is going to happen, Roland? What danger are you... T- Roland!
0: <laughs> ah! oh, which I think he explains a little later. Well,
1: yeah, but still. But ah! Roland! what? Ah! It's... Ah! Uh, it said, uh... They, of course, they're sitting there checking to see what weapons and stuff they still have. Cuthbert still has his slingshot. He has some big bangers it says. He's using every ounce of his will to keep from going back anyway, Cuthbert thought. He found the realization comforting. Sometimes Roland scared him. There was something in him that went beyond steel, something like madness. If it was there, you were glad to have it on your side. But often enough, you wished it wasn't there at all, on anybody's side. Where is she? Elaine asked. Reynolds taken, took her back to Seafront. She's locked in the pantry, or was locked there, I can't say which, exactly, because... Roland paused, thinking, The ball sees far, but sometimes it sees more. Sometimes it sees a future that's already happening. How can the future already be happening? Elaine asked. I don't know, and I don't think it was always that way. I think it's more to do with the world than Merlin's rainbow. Time is strange now. We know that, don't we? How things sometimes seem to slip... It's almost as if there's a thinny everywhere breaking things down, but Susan's safe. I know that, and that's enough for me. Shemi's going to help her, or is helping her somehow. Jonas missed Shemie, and he followed Susan all the way back. Good for Shemie, Elaine said, and pumped his fist in the air. Hurrah! Then what about us? Did you see us in the future? No, this part was all quick. "'I hardly snatched more than a glance before the ball took me away. "'Flew me away, it seemed. "'But I saw smoke on the horizon. I remember that. "'It could have been the smoke of burning tankers "'or the brush piled in front of Eyebolt, or both. "'I think we're going to succeed.'" Cuthbert was looking at his old friend in a queerly distraught way. The young man so deeply in love that Bert had needed to knock him into the dust of the courtyard in order to wake him up to his responsibilities— Where was that young man exactly? What had changed him, given him those disturbing strands of white hair? I forgot to mention that. That Cuthbert noticed that there was, like, white hairs now on Roland.
0: We had a very dramatic experience. Like... Very, very dramatic.
1: Uh, If we survive what's ahead, Cuthbert said, watching the gunslinger closely, she'll meet us on the road, won't she, Roland? He saw the pain on Roland's face and now understood. The lover was here, but the ball had taken away his joy and left only grief. That and some new purpose, yes. Cuthbert felt it very well, which had yet to be stated. I don't know, Roland said. I almost hope not, because we can never be as we were. What? What? This time Cuthbert did rain up. (laughs) See there? <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, you the... are just like so drawn, drawn into this girl that nothing else mattered. Now it's like, eh, we can't be together.
0: Things have changed, unfortunately. Huh. Roland looked at him calmly enough, but now there were tears in his eyes. We are fools of Cob. Gunslinger said. Caw like a wind, Susan calls it. He looked first at Cuthbert to his left and Adeline on his right. The tower is our caw, mine especially. But it isn't hers, nor she mine, nor more it, no more is John Farson our caw. We're not going towards him in to defeat them, but only because they're in, they're in our way. He raised his hands, then dropped them again, as if to say, What more do you need me to tell you? There is no tower, Roland, Cuthbert said uh, patiently. I don't know what you saw in the glass ball, but there is no tower. Well, as a symbol, I suppose, like Arthur's cup or the cross of the man Jesus, but not as a real thing, a real building. Yes, Roland said, it's real. They looked at him uncertainly and saw no doubt in his face. It's real, and our fathers know. Beyond the Dark Land, I can't remember its name now. It's one of the things I've lost. Is end world, and... End world, is end world, And in end world stand the Dark Tower. Its existence is the great secret our fathers keep. It's what has held them together as cotet across all these years of the world's decline. When we return to Gilead, if we returned and now i think we will i'll tell you what i've seen and they'll compl- you saw all that in the glass Elaine asked in an awe hushed voice i saw much but not susan delgado cuthbert said no we finish with yonder men and she finishes with mages her part of our quartet ends inside the ball i was given a choice Susan and my life as her husband and father of, of the child she now carries, or the tower. Roland wiped his face with a shaking hand. I would choose Susan an in instant, if not for one thing. The tower is crumbling, and if it falls, everything we know will be swept away. There will be chaos beyond our imagination. Nope, beyond our imagining. We must go, and we will go. Above his young and unlined cheeks, below his young and unlined brow, there was an ancient killer's eyes that Eddie Dean would first glimpse in the mirror of an airliner's bathroom. But now they swam with childish tears. There was nothing childish in his voice, however. I choose the tower. I must let her live a good life, and along with someone else, she will in time. As for me, I choose the tower.
1: The famous declaration.
0: As we hear over and over and over and over again, Roland always. He's a tower junkie.
1: Yeah, and this is his first hit. Yep. He just got his first hit of the tower, and he has made his... First declaration of loyalty.
0: After this entire thing of him being obsessed with, with Susan. Susan,
1: yes. Him literally ruining everything for him, pretty much for them. After holding off on plans that could have gone through, on completely missing things because he's infatuated with this woman. He sees this one thing and it is now his sole purpose in life.
0: Yeah, as we. Clearly oh, yes. seen in the first three books, the whole reason we're on this journey.
1: Well, I guess if he wasn't a junkie, we wouldn't have the series. So.
0: no, no, we wouldn't. But still, still, now we're back to Susan and Shimi.
1: Yes, they have escaped. Uh, well, they was Olive, Maria, and. Susan have escaped. They're meeting Shimi outside. Shimi has their horses and stuff ready for them. And it says... Uh, it says... The sun was westering now, but the wind had pulled away. Most of the smoke had risen earlier. Whatever had happened in the desert, it was over now. Or happening on some other layer of the same present time. Roland, be thee well, Susan thought. I'll see thee soon, dear, as soon as I can. So pretty much what we're getting from this is... These things are happening out of order. They are happening... To us, it's present. It's in the present because we are getting both storylines at the same time. But in reality, this is happening in stagger.
0: Why are we going north, she asked, after half an hour of silent writing. Because Seacoast Road's the (coughs) best. But, hush. You'll find... They'll find you're gone and search the house first. If... It hasn't burned flat, that is. Not finding you there, they'll send west along the great road. She casts an eye on Susan. So, yeah. Basically, we don't want to be on the great road. That's going to be too obvious. So, we're going to take this other way so we can get around everyone and sneak off.
1: Yes. It says, by the time they get around to snipping west, it'll be dark. They're going to go to the sea cliffs. It says, tomorrow we'll cut west as you like. I'm afraid you're going to have to p- have a plump old widow as a chaperone for a bit. Better get used to the idea.
0: Good with Olive. Yeah. No, only ever been kind. Never really been mean to about anything. She's just kind of yeah. always been the other woman.
1: And it says, pretty much, she says, uh, she's like... You should send Shimi and I by ourselves. And was like, what do I have to go back to? You really think I want to watch the New Order? It's like everybody I love is dead. And it's like... I have no power. Yeah. No one listens to me. <laughs> and so she says, Sigh, I'm sorry. We shall be sorry later on. For now, the most important thing is to reach those caves unobserved.
0: Young man, it's time for ye to mount your thirsty mule, and go back to seafront. If there are riders coming after us, ye must turn them aside with a few well-chosen words. Will ye do that? Shimi looked stricken. I don't have any well-chosen words, uh, sighed Thorne. So I don't. I hardly have any words at all. Nonsense, Susan. Uh, oh, nope, nope. <laughs> Nonsense, <laughs> Olive said, and kissed Shimi's forehead. Go back at a goodish trot, if ye spy no one coming after us by the time the sun touches the hill, then turn north again and follow. We shall wait for ye by the signpost. Do ye know where that? Where I mean, Shimi thought he did, although it marked the outmost northern boundary of his little patch of geograph. Uh, the the red un with a sombrero on it, and the Arrow pointing for town? The very one. You won't get far until after dark. Won't get that far until after dark. But there'll be plenty of moonlight tonight. If you don't come right away, we'll wait. But you must go back and shift any men that might be chasing us off our track. Do you understand? Shimi did. He slid off Olive's horse, clucked Capricoso and climbed on board wincing at the place <laughs> the mule had bitten gosh darn that mule <laughs> hard for Shimi good Shimi good off ye go then Shimi Susan said come to me a moment please he did holding his hat in front of him and looking at, up at her worshipfully Susan bent and kissed him not on the forehead but firmly on the mouth Shimi came close the fainting thank ye, sigh susan said for everything Shimi nodded nodded when he spoke he could man- he could manage nothing above a whisper twas only ka he said i know that but i love you susan said go well i'll see you soon i look forward to it but there was no soon and no later for them either Shimi took one look back at the road, his mule south, and waved. Susan lifted her own hand in return. It was the last Shimi ever saw of her, and in many ways, that was a blessing. Mm. Mm. Do we actually hear what happens to Shimi after this? Mm. They don't even mention him again. I
1: don't believe so. I think it's just... Me? Well, when it comes down to it, it's like they 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 could never go back. So, I'm but still, where did he go?
0: He just kind of disappears. Go back and and block our road. And um, yeah, you don't find anyone. Disappear into the night. Never be seen again.
1: It says Letigo had set pickets a mile out from Hanging Rock, but the blonde boy Roland and Cuthbert and Elaine encountered as they closed in on the tankers looked confused and unsure of himself no danger to anyone when cuthbert gave the good man's sigil hands clasped to the chest left above right then both held out to the person being greeted the blonde picket did the same and with a grateful smile what's spin and rary back there he asked speaking with a strong inworld accent to roland the boy sounded like a nordite three boys who killed a couple of big bugs and then hide for the kill hide for the hills cuthbert replied "'He was an eerily good mimic, and gave the boy back his own accent faultlessly. "'There were a fight. It'd be over now, but they did fight fearful. "'What? No time,' Roland said briskly. Briskly, yeah. "'We have dispatches.' "'He crossed his hands on his chest, then held them out. "'Heil Farson.' "'Good man,' the blonde returned smartly. "'He gave back the salute with a smile, "'that said he would have asked Cuthbert where he was from "'and who he was related to, if there had been more time.' Then they were past him and inside Latigo's perimeter, as easy as that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was that easy. It was easy as... All
1: oh, right, It was easy as just pretending to be one of them, saluting, and then walking right in.
0: Yeah, before the day of the internet and everybody has pictures and everything. <laughs> they don't know what these boys look like.
1: Well, it, yeah, he... What happened to all the wanted posts? Oh, paper, paper is a, you know, priceless commodity. Exactly, you can't be
0: putting wanted papers everywhere.
1: But it's like, it's kind of like their original plan, which I thought would happen. Was the, I thought they were going to blend into the back horses from the previous fight and then just make their way up. That didn't happen, but I thought that They just killed
0: them off little by little yeah. and then just attacked. Yeah. Which, this isn't much going to be a whole lot different. Good old Lane has Lenny's machine gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is going to be hit and run. This is, we're going up, we're uh, attacking, and we're running off because we have a plan.
1: And yeah, Roland pretty much tells Elaine if the thing, if the machine gun jams, you drop it and you just keep firing with your revolver. Just- yep.
0: Roland drew both revolvers. Gilead, he cried, "Hail Gilead!" And off they go. <laughs> off they go.
1: And now we're back to Susan. So did he? Did he?
0: Did he ride down the Hanging Rock like furries <laughs> Or... Is it furies?
1: I'm pretty sure it's furies. But if there wasn't another R there, you're close. that changed everything. The gun singers rode down on Hanging Rock like furries. God, that would be terrifying anyways. Just...
0: Uh, we skinned a couple coyotes on the way down. I'm... Put that on. That
1: would be... I'm sure everybody would have bolted. Like everybody. If you just saw a bunch of people in animal suits just riding at you on horses, either one you would just stop and stare until you got ran over or shot, or you'd bolt.
0: Animals riding animals. Yes. Carrying guns. What's happening?
1: Planet of the Apes. Pretty much. So now we move back to Susan and Olive. <sighs> Yes, we do. It says Twenty minutes after sending Shimi back south, Susan and Olive came around a sharp bend and found themselves face to face with three mounted men in the road. In the late slanting sun she saw that one in the middle had a blue coffin tattooed on his hand. It was Reynolds. Susan's heart sank. The one on Reynolds' left he wore a stained white drover's hat and it had a lazily cocked eye, she didn't know, but the one on the right, who looked like a stony-hearted preacher, was Laszlo Rymer. It was Rymer that Reynolds glanced at, after smiling at Susan. "'Why, lass, I couldn't even get us a drink to send his late brother, the Chancellor of whatever-you-want, and the Minister of thank-you-very-much. On with a word,' Reynolds said. "'We hadn't hardly hit town before we got persuaded out here. I wasn't going to go, but damn.' I think your aunt may have lost a wheel or two off her cart, though, sighed Delgado. She, your friends are dead, Susan told him. Reynolds paused, shrugged, well now, maybe see and maybe no. Me, I think I've decided to travel on without em if they ain't. But I might hang around here one more night. This reaping business, I've heard so much about the way folks do it in the outers, especially the bonfire part. Mm Mm-hmm. Let us pass, Olive said. This girl has done nothing, and neither have I. She helped Dearborn escape, Reimer said. Him who murdered your own husband and my brother. I wouldn't call that nothing. The gods may restore Kimba Reimer in the clearing, Olive said. But the truth is, he looted half of this town's treasury, and what he didn't give over to John Farson, he kept for himself. Reimer recoiled as if slapped. He didn't know I knew. "'Las, though, I'd be angry at how little any of you thought of me, "'except why would I want to be thought of by the likes of you anyway? "'I knew enough to make me sick, leave it at that. "'I know that the man you're sitting beside—' "'Shut up,' Reimard muttered, "'was likely the one who cut your brother's black heart open. "'Sigh, Reynolds, was seen that early morning in that wing, so I've been told. "'Shut up, and so I believe.' "'Better do as he says, sigh, and hold your tongue,' Reynolds said." Some of the lazy good humor had left his face. Susan thought, he doesn't like people knowing what he did. Not even when he's the one on top and what they know can't hurt him. And he's less without Jonas. A lot less. He knows it too. Let us pass, Olive said. No, Sigh, I can't do that. I'll help you then, shall I? Her hand had crept beneath the outrageously large serape during the pal- palaver. <laughs> I almost did it. That's such a hard word. AND NOW SHE BROUGHT OUT A HUGE AND ANCIENT PISTOLA, ITS HANDLES OF YELLOWED IVORY, ITS filigreed BARREL OF OLD TARNISHED SILVER. ON TOP WAS A BRASS POWDER AND SPARK. OLIVE HAD NO BUSINESS EVEN DRAWING THE THING. IT CAUGHT ON HER strape, AND SHE HAD TO FIGHT IT FREE. SHE HAD NO BUSINESS COCKING IT EITHER, A PROCESS THAT TOOK BOTH THUMBS AND TWO tries. BUT THE THREE MEN WERE UTTERLY FLAMOXED BY THE SIGHT OF THE ELDERLY BLUNDERBUSS IN HER HANDS. Reynolds as much as the other two. He sat his horse with his jaw hanging slack. Jonas would have wept. "'Get her!' a cackled. A cracked old boy shrieked from behind the men blocking the road. "'What's wrong with ye, stupid cols Get her!' Reynolds started at that and went for his gun. He was fast, but he had given Olive too much of a head start and was beaten, beaten cold. Even as he cleared leather with the barrel of his revolver, the mayor's widowed held the old gun out in both hands, and, squinting her eyes shut like a little girl who's forced to eat something nasty, pulled the trigger. The spark flashed, but the damp powder only made a weary floop sound and disappeared in a puff of blue smoke. The ball, big enough to have taken Clay Reynolds' head off from the nose on up, had it fired, stayed in the barrel. In the next instant, his own gun roared in his fist. Olive's horse reared winning. Olive went off the gelding held head over boots with a black hole in the orange stripe of her serape, the stripe which lay above her heart. Susan heard herself screaming. So, sadly, Olive is gone. Even though she did nothing wrong in this entire book, <laughs> she's gone.
0: I really wish she would have killed Reynolds. I do too. Then, then they could have still killed her we could have continued onward her killing one of the big coffin hunters would have just been wonderful
1: Reynold even at this point anybody Reynolds Reimer's brother I don't care if she clipped Rea hit somebody but just for her gun to just go floop and not do anything was just it was a waste yes. it was a waste because she was an amazing character. Jesus, you felt so much sympathy for her this entire time, and now she's the big hero, and she goes to shoot, and now you, you give her a, a damp weapon.
0: Yeah, they really hurt it. The galloped-out pony that had brought the witch back to Hambry had been replaced by a fresh one, but it was the same black cart, the same Golan- Sure. Symbols. The same driver. Rhea set with the reins in her claws. Her head ticked from side to side like a head of a rusty old robot. Grinning at Susan without humor. Grinning as a corpse grins. Hello, my little sweetening. That
1: would have been funny if she said, hello, my pretty.
0: We already got that (laughs) once, okay? Or something similar. She said, uh, calling her as she uh, had all those months ago. When Susan had gone to get tested. Mm-hmm.
1: No.
0: Uh, your pallies and scraw buddies have taken my ball. Ye ken, Rhea said, clicking the pony to stop a few paces ahead of the rider. Even Reynolds looked down at her uneasily. Took my lovely glam. That's what those bad boys did. Those bad, bad boys. But it showed me much while I had it, I, It sees far and in more ways than one. Much of it I've forgotten, but not which way ye'd come, my sweetening, not which way that precious old dead woman laying yonder on the road would bring ye. And now ye must go to town. Her grin one became something unspeakable. It's time for the fair, Eken. Can...
1: <sighs> Let me go, Susan said. Let me go if ye'd not answer to Roland of Gilead.
0: In what way did she think that would do anything? I see. Anything? You really think Rhea cares at all? This woman is like so far in charge; it's not even funny. The biggest regret, period ever, is that Roland did not kill her when he had the chance. No,
1: because even Cuthbert gave the idea that should we just just we go in there and kill her? Is they that what we're gonna do? And Roland's pretty much just like, if we have, yeah, you, you had to, you had to.
0: It was dumb of them not to. There Probably was- the biggest mistake in the book was not to kill Rhea. Because she's the one that ruins everything in the end.
1: Yeah. There was another one, too. And I don't remember which it one. There's a couple
0: mistakes he made, for sure. But not killing the witch.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. That's.
0: She she She's come so close to death. Yeah. So many times. But no one will kill her.
1: It's like. Or if, you know, Cora would. Or. Uh, see, now I'm doing it. If, uh. Cord would have just, you know, like, hit her with a shovel. If (laughs) Jonas would have killed her. Yeah, Jonas would have killed her. If Cord, seeing her outside, would have just left her there. Or, like, hit her with a shovel, put her out of her misery. Like, somebody. Somebody kill her. But no, she took pity on the old woman because she mentioned that she could get Susan back. That she could bring, bring vengeance upon Susan. And apparently that's all it took for Cord.
0: There's people that want to see her. A good look is what they'll want, and a good look is what they'll have. If her haunt done the proper job, there'll be a lot of them in town. Get her up now, and be smart about it. (sighs) Elaine had time for one clear thought. We could have gone around them. If what Roland said is true, then only the wizard's glass matters. And we have that. We could have gone around them. Except... Of course, that was impossible. A hundred generations of gunslingers blood argued it. Tower or no tower, the thieves must not be allowed to have their prize. Not if they could be stopped.
1: So, pretty much, it's like technically, if none of this, if Farson wasn't their main goal, they could have easily just left. They had no
0: reason to come do all this. They literally could have just left. Met up with Susan or whatever. For whatever short time or whatever. And gone back.
1: Yeah. They could have easily just gone along their way. But no. This was their purpose from the moment that they got into Magus was to stop this. And that's what's driving them right now.
0: Do what they have to do.
1: So, he tells his horse, pretty much, if you move, I'm going to kill you. And his horse listens. That's always yeah, a good thing. Girl,
0: Allen, if you buck when I fire this machine gun, I'm going to beat your brains out.
1: Yeah, pretty much. And it's like the horse is apparently listening. horse is like, I know what you mean. We're good. I I'm this. just stay still.
0: I'm just going to do exactly what you want. we you just gonna run along and be cool about things?
1: Ah. Uh, and so it says, hold oh, Elaine, Roland screamed as they bore down in front of the tankers. A double handful of riders and armed men were coming together, milling together in a clumsy defensive line. Now, now! Elaine raised the machine gun, seated its rusty wire stock in the hollow of his shoulder, and remembered what little he knew about rapid fired weapons aim low, swing fast and smooth.
0: Yeah. Elaine just. <laughs> <laughs> Put Pretty holes much. in the tankers, killed a few people, all kinds of things. There's a lot that happens here.
1: Um, and without even any kind of, you know, fire to it, one of the tankers just blew up on its own. Apparently that one was a little unstable. <laughs>
0: Apparently. And then we get some of the big bangers out, and needless to say, everything starts blowing up.
1: Yes. And the problem is, is that these people... They were brought together for battle, but most of them are young. Most of them have never seen battle. And they're more mesmerized by the fact that these tankers are on fire and blowing up and they probably should get away from them than they are that people are literally shooting at them now. Yes. It's like...
0: Well, Farson didn't send a lot of great men this way. No. He di- didn't expect anyone to be here yeah. to do anything. So He, he just was- needed people to kind of guard it and move the tankers. Yeah. And get the horses and well there are a couple gunslingers here that kind of messed all that up Uh. ugh
1: let's
0: see all six of Farson's chief lieutenants had been carefully described to Roland to all fourteen gunslingers in training and he recognized the man running for the ramada at once George Letico which we've heard of him quite a few times during this which is interesting because it's like, oh, Roland has the opportunity to kill him. Doesn't. Instead kills the guy next to him. Because he wants him fired up. Yeah. It's like, I won't kill the leader because I want the leader to get everyone together and chase me. Yes. And gets exactly what he wants.
1: Oh, yeah. Because he, he pretty much says, you, to me... And as soon as that guy even notices he's talking to him, well, bam, he's dead. So he reaches to another guy and is like, that's it, we're going.
0: He's infuriated. Of course, now he's also the guy that lost Farson's oil.
1: Oh, yes, because it was his decision to place all the tankers close together to begin with. He's like, oh, it's a great plan. Let's all stack them here and then we'll just drive them out. No, because as soon as one went off, they all just...
0: Yes, he lost everything. And the source is blown up too, so... Oh, yeah. You can't get any more.
1: It says... They spurred west toward Eyebolt Canyon. As they went, Roland felt a single bullet drone past his left ear. It was, so far as he knew, the only shot fired at any of them during the assault on the tankers. Because no one knew what was going on.
0: They were caught completely by surprise. Just like the first group they fought. Completely by surprise. Well,
1: these guys literally thought, okay... So they're 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 still in jail somewhere. They're still wherever, or they've gone away and they're never coming back. They're not gonna come find us if they escaped prison. They're gonna leave like well, smart little about they kids. They have
0: they have the numbers. Yes, just like the first time they had the numbers. That clearly does not matter.
1: Latigo was in an ecstasy of fury, a perfect brain bursting rage, and that was probably merciful. It kept him from thinking of what the good man would do when he learned of this fiasco. Mm -hmm. For the time being, all Latigo cared about was catching the men who had ambushed him. If an ambush in desert country was (coughs) even possible. Men? No. The boys who had done this. Letigo knew he, who they were, all right. He didn't know how they had gotten out here, but he knew, they he knew who they were, and their run would stop right here, east of the woods and rising hills.
0: Mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
1: in order to get people's attention, because as I said, they're still staring at these tankers like Dawn of the Dead zombies staring at fireworks, he walks up Hands a random dude a gun and says, Shoot him. And just points to a random other guy. And the guy shoots him, and suddenly everybody's fucking weak. Like,
0: okay. all right. Things are happening. Okay, we, we should listen.
1: <laughs> and of course, the tankers are still just blowing up. At this point, there's nothing you can do. It's not mm. like you can stop it.
0: Get as many men. Mini- As men as you can, Hendrix, but don't linger over the job. They're headed for that canyon, and I believe someone told me it's a box. If so, we're going to turn it into a shooting gallery.
1: So yes, everything Roland wanted them to think is exactly how it's going. Yep. It was a
0: great plan. These guys have no idea what's going on. They're new to the area. Don't really We've got them infuriated. They see us running into this boxed canyon. They think if they come in after us, we'll have no options and we're gone.
1: They think a bunch of naive or a a trio of naive little boys are running into a canyon and they're just going to be walled in. Yep. And they're going to be sitting there just crying for help because they're trapped.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Not not the case. Not the (laughs) case at all.
1: No. So they're, of course, riding ahead... And he tells them to slow down a bit. We have time to kind of discuss things a bit more before they catch up.
0: They put bandanas around their ears. Try to Mm -hmm. block some of the sound of the thing. Yes,
1: because of course they know the canyon holds the thinny. Latigo's men don't. No. But they know it holds the thinny. And of course it's going to make you nauseous and want to kill yourself if you listen to it. Uh,
0: Latigo was in the first group and... Uh, at the first head of the, he fir- was at the head of the first group. Roland thought, and he was deliberately holding his riders back a little so that the two groups could merge and attack together. Good, he thought. Yeah, I want as many as possible, as quickly as possible. Oh, Yay! Of course. Uh,
1: the m- the more the merrier, because you know, people running in one direction. Anybody been in a stampede ever?
0: That's exactly what they're doing. They're merging together, getting ready to go after these boys.
1: It says, Roland faced front and pointed Rusher at the slit in the brush, marking the entrance to Eyebolt Canyon. That must be the first picture of the tower. Or maybe?
0: Yeah, I got that not too long ago. I'm not mm. sure exactly. I think they're going in, Rodney. Yes, look, I'm sure of it. Two more minutes and they'll be too late for them to turn back. They didn't want to.
1: And of course he's the one that raised his gun and randomly shot at them. Cause. See, so how King writes is he, once again, he has that staggered writing where it's like you're getting one side of the event and then you're going back and getting another side of the event and some events are happening at the same time but because you can't literally write the events at the same time it's just
0: uh, dismount, Roland shouted when they reached the line tingled brush. And this is like this is where like okay. We're getting the horse we're sending the horses off. Oh, yeah. We're going in here by ourselves. They've been good horses. I don't want they didn't they don't need to die.
1: Yeah, Rusher has literally become his friend and he, even after the other two just bolt, Rusher kind of stays behind and like do do I do I need don't you need me? <laughs> and he Roland's like go. And so he does take off. And, of course, asks for Cuthbert to give him the matches.
0: Cuthbert gave him son. He was grinning so hard. and It was a wonder they hadn't fallen out of his mouth. We we warmed up their day, didn't we, Roland? I, We did indeed, Roland said, grinning himself. Go on now. Back to the chimney cut. Let me do it, Cuthbert said. Please, Roland. You go with Elaine and let me stay. I'm a firebug at heart. Always have been. No, Roland said. This part of it is mine. Don't argue with me. Go on and tell Elaine to mine the wizard's glass, no matter what. Cuthbert looked at him for a moment longer, then nodded. Don't wait too long. I won't. May your luck rise, Roland.
1: I guess that's my new thing.
0: May your luck rise? May your
1: luck rise.
0: May yours rise twice. <laughs> a weird phrase. I think the only time we ever hear it in the books. Yeah, box.
1: Probably. So, of course, Cuthbert and Elaine head off, and Roland is left to prepare the fire. And, of course, he can't start it right away because they'll see it. It says, He crouched to the left of the opening in the brush and peered around, the wind now striking full in his face. Letigo's men were closing rapidly, more rapidly than he had expected if the wind blew out the lucifers never mind the ifs hold on roland hold on and wait for them he held on hunkering with an unlit match in each hand now peering out through the tangle of interlaced branches says he thought of how it had been inside the pink storm flying through the air how he had been snatched away from his visions of susan thank god for shimi he thought distantly He'll make sure she finishes the day someplace safe. But the craven whine of the thinny seemed somehow to mock him, to ask him if there had been more to see.
0: So Lethiga's men start going across. Across the last 300 yards. It was time. Roland stuck one of the Lucifers. Leaped across. The other one. To...
1: So pretty much he started the fires close enough to where they would be small enough. They would have started not to go out, but not big enough for the riders to see it before they got there. And then we get a weird memory he just randomly has. Yes,
0: a very strange little memory.
1: It says... Uh, he only knew he knew only that it had been very small, and that there had been a beautiful stretch of sandy beach for him to play on. It says that was what he had been doing on one day of their vacation. Was it a vacation? Did my parents once upon a time actually take a vacation trip? And he looked up. It says Stephen and Gabriel just deschained. Des- chain Wow, I can talk today at the wind- water's edge, standing with their backs to him and their arms around each other's waists. "'looking out at a blue water beneath a blue summer sky. "'How his heart had filled with love for them. "'How infinite was love, "'twining in and out of hope and memory "'like a braid with three strong strands, "'so much the bright tower of every human's life and soul. "'It wasn't love he felt now, however, but terror. "'The figure standing before him "'as he ran back to where the canyon ended, "'where the rational part of the canyon ended,' weren't Stephen of Gilead and Gabriel of Arton, but his Mollies, Cuthbert and Elaine. They didn't have their arms around each other's waists either, but their hands were clasped like the hands of a fairy tale children lost in the threatening fairy tale wood. Birds circled, but they were vultures, not gulls, and the shimmering mist topped mist topped stuff before the two boys wasn't water. It was the Thinny, and as Roland watched, Cuthbert and Elaine began to walk toward it. Stop, he screamed. For your father's sake, stop. They did not stop. They walked hand in hand toward the white-etched hem of the smoky green shimmer. The Thinny whined its pleasure, murmured endearments, promised rewards. It baked the nerves numb and picked at the brain. There was no time to reach them, so Roland did the only thing he could think of raised one of his guns, and fired it over their heads. The report was a hammer blow in the canyon's enclosure, and for a moment the ricochet whine was louder than that of the thinny. The two boys stopped only inches from its sick shimmer. Roland kept expecting it to reach out and grab them, as if it grabbed the low-flying bird. He triggered two more shots into the air. Gunslingers, he cried, to me, to me. It was Elaine who turned toward him first, his dazed eyes seeming to float. Cuthbert continued forward another step, then Elaine yanked him back by the tug-string of a sombrero. Cuthbert Cuthbert tripped over a good-sized chunk of fallen rock and landed hard. When he looked up, his eyes had cleared. "'Gods!' he murmured and scrambled to his feet. "'Roland!' he gasped. "'Roland, we were almost gone. It talks!' "'Yes, I've heard it. Come on, there's no time.'
0: So they climb up the side of the wall. And then we have a whole little section about Latigo and his men dying.
1: Pretty much. The rundown is Latigo realizes what's going on. Well, first his horse freaks out, throws him. He gets trampled, then gets up, and then... All the horses, you had waves of horses coming into this canyon. As the first row is freaking out, the second row is crashing into them, which is pushing them into the thinny, which is pushing all of these. It's just waves and waves. And then there's a fire
0: directly behind them. There's smoke. They are so trapped, it's not even funny.
1: They're trying to turn. They're crashing into each other. Things are literally just crawling out of the thinny to kind of just pull,
0: and the thinny is growing yes. and just killing and eating all these people.
1: And then by the end of it, when there's kind kind of finally a still, everybody who's remaining is literally just getting up and walking into the thinny.
0: Because that's what it does. Yes,
1: and Latigo is one of those people.
0: Yep. Goodbye, Latigo.
1: He he reaches he literally reaches to fire his gun, and it just drops, and he walks. In.
0: Yep, and good old thing is gone. Yep. Their plan worked perfectly.
1: And Roland and them are just watching from the top.
0: Yep. Let's see. They're making their way out. There's still more about them dying.
1: It says, We killed them, Roland thought, with a kind of sick and fascinated horror. Then, no, not we. I. I killed them. How long he might have stayed there, Roland didn't know. Perhaps until the rising smoke engulfed him as well. But then Cuthbert, who had begun to climb again, called down three words from above him. Called down in a tone of surprise and dismay. Roland! The moon! Roland looked up, startled, and saw that the sky had darkened to a velvety purple. His friend was outlined against it, looking east. His face stained fever orange with the light of the rising moon. "'Yes, orange,' the thinny buzzed inside his head, "'laughed inside his head. "'Orange as twas when it rose on the night you came out here to see me and count me. "'Orange like a fire. "'Orange like a bonfire.' "'How can it be almost dark?' he cried inside himself. "'But he knew. "'Yes, he knew very well. "'Time had slipped back together, that was all. "'Like the layers of ground embracing once more after the argument of an earthquake. "'Twilight had come. "'Moonrise had come.' Terror struck Roland like a closed fist aimed at the heart, making him jerk backward on the small ledge he'd found. Perhaps the wizard glass had only shown him what stood worlds far away in order to keep from showing him what might soon befall so close to home. I'd turn around if I thought her life was in any real danger, he had said, in a second. And if the ball knew that? If it couldn't lie, might it not misdirect?' Might it not take him away and show him a dark land, a darker tower? And it had shown him something else, something that recurred to him only now, a scrawny man in farmer's overalls who had said, What? Not quite what he'd thought, not what he had been used to hearing all his life, not life for you and life for your crop, but death. He whispered to the stone surrounding him, Death for you, life for my crops. Char you tree. That's what he said. Char you tree, come reap. Orange gunslinger, I cracked the old voice, lapped inside his head. The voice of the coos. The color of bonfires, char you tree, fendianno. These are the old ways of which only the stuffy guys with their red hands remain until tonight. Tonight the old ways are refreshed as the old ways must be from time to time. Char you tree, you damned babby, char you tree. Tonight you pay for my sweet ermot. Tonight you pay for all. Come reap. Climb! He screamed, reaching up and slapping Elaine's behind. Climb, climb for your father's sake! Climb, Roland! What? Climb! God's damn you! It mayn't be too late even now, but he knew better. Demon moon had risen. He had seen its orange light shining on Cuthbert's face like delirium, and he knew better. In his head, the lunatic buzz of the thinny, that rotting sore eating through the flesh of reality, joined with the lunatic laughter of the witch, and he knew better. Death for you, life for my crop. Char, you tree. Oh, Susan.
0: Ah! Exactly. (laughs) Ah! Ah!
1: (sighs) So now we come to the end.
0: Nothing was clear to Susan till she saw the man with the long red hair and straw hat which did not quite obscure his lamb slaughtery's eyes slaughterer's eyes char you tree he called almost sweetly uttering words of the old char tree so, everyone is saying char you tree so
1: literally she's been. In the back of a cart. Like, you see it in a lot of, like, old Renaissance movies and stuff. Like, the pole in the back of the carts and you're, like, tied to the... kind
0: of saw it in Black Mirror and White Bear.
1: Yes, this is true. But she's been... It reminds me of Dragonheart because at one point they try to... They sacrifice a girl to the dragon to make money. But, um... They have her tied to a pole and Reynolds has a rope around her neck that if she falls or sits down, it will choke her. And he's trying not to choke her. Like he'll loosen it up if they hit a bump or something like that. But he he kind of just, it says, I have no desire to choke you, girlie. If the wagon bumps and you fall, I'll try to keep them not loose. But if you try to sit, I'll have to give you a pinching. Her orders, he nodded to Rhea. She's in charge now.
0: Of course she is this evil evil witch
1: because everyone's scared of her well not only are they scared of her but it's a mixture of fear and wait this woman has ideas this woman is right we thirst for blood we need blood char you <laughs> tree char you tree and all these people have gathered pretty much the whole town they are all around this big bonfire with stuffies kind of Laid around the the fire, like around the pit, I should say. Or the wood, or however you want to call it.
0: Waiting for the moon. Maria had been waiting for the moon. With no gods to pray to, Susan prayed to her father. Da, if if these there, help me to be strong. As I can be, and help me hold to him. To the memory of him. Help me to hold to myself as well. Not for the rescue, not for rescue, not for salvation, but just so as not to give them the satisfaction of seeing my pain and my fear. And him help him as well. Help keep him safe, she whispered. Keep my love safe, safe. Take my love safe to where he goes, give him joy to who he sees, and make him a cause of joy in those who see him. That's not, not, really, not really rolling. Yeah, I was about
1: to say it. That's no, I'm sorry, Susan, that did not follow him well.
0: No. Uh, praying, dearie? The old woman asked without turning on the seat her croaking voice oozed false compassion ay ye dee well to make things right with the powers while ye still can before the spits burned right out of her throat she threw back her head and cackled the staggering remains of her broomstraw hat flying out orange in the light of the bloated moon
1: Roland paid no attention to the horses or the smoke. His eyes were fixed on the drawstring sack slung over Elaine's shoulder. The ball inside had come alive again in the growing dark. The bag seemed to pulse. He held out his hands for it. Give it to me. Roland, I don't know if- Give it to me. Damn your face. Elaine looked at Cuthbert, who nodded, then lifted his hands skyward in a weary, distracted gesture. "'Don't look directly into that thing,' Cuthbert muttered to Elaine. "'Don't, for your father's sake.' Roland bent his face over the pulsing ball, its light running over his cheeks and brow like liquid, drowning his eyes into, in its dazzle. In Merlin's rainbow, he saw her. Susan, horse drover's daughter, lovely girl at the window. He saw her standing in the back of a black cart, decorated with gold symbols, the old witch's cart. Reynolds rolled behind her, holding the end of a rope that was noosed around her neck. The cart was rolling toward Greenheart, making its way with processional slowness. Hill Street was lined with people of whom the farmer with the lamb slaughterer's eyes had been only the first. All those spoke of Hambry and Magus, who had been deprived of their fare, but were now given this ancient, dark attraction in its stead. Char you tree, come, reap, death for you, life for our crops.' A soundless whispering ran through them like a gathering wave, and they began to pelt her first with corn husks, then with rotting tomatoes, then with potatoes and apples. One of these latter struck her cheek. She reeled, almost fell, and stood straight again. Now raising her swollen but still lovely face to the moon, painted, it. the moon painted it. She looked straight ahead. "Char you tree," they whispered. Roland couldn't hear them, but he could see the words on their lips the crowd still speaking those two words chanting them now appeared parted roland saw the heaped pyramid of wood that was the unlit bonfire sitting around it their backs propped on the central column their lumpy legs outstretched was a ring of red-handed stuffy guys there was a single hole in the ring a single waiting vacancy and now a woman emerged from the crowd she wore a rusty black dress and held a pail in one head A smear of ash stood out on one of her cheeks like a brand. She, Roland, began to shriek. No, okay. It was a single word over and over again. No, 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 no. The ball's pink light flashed brighter with each repetition as if his horror refreshed and strengthened it. And now with each of those pulses, Cuthbert and Elaine could see the shape of the gunslinger's skull beneath his skin. We have to take it away from him, Elaine said. We have to. It's sucking him dry. It's killing him. Cuthbert nodded and stepped forward. He grabbed the ball but couldn't take it from Roland's hands. The gunslinger's fingers seemed welded to it. Hit him, he told Elaine. Hit him again. You have to. But Elaine might as well have been hitting a post. Roland didn't even rock back on his heels. He continued to cry out that single negative. No, 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 and the ball flashed faster and faster, eating its way into him through the wound it had opened, sucking up his grief like blood.
0: Char you tree, Cordelia Delgado cried, darted forward from where she had been waiting, the crowd cheered her, and beyond her left shoulder, Demon Moon winked, as if it com- In complacency, char you tree, you faithless woman, char you tree. She flung the pail of paint at her niece, splattering her pants and dressing her tied hands in a pair of wet scarlet gloves. She grinned up up at Susan as the cart rolled past and the smear of ash stood out on her cheek. In the center of the pail... Of her pale forehead. A single vein pulsed like a worm.
1: Yeah, she is she pretty much into it.
0: Oh no, no, she's as uh, into she, it as she you possibly can be at this point. She's lost her mind. Life for the crops. Death for you. Char you tree, Come reap. Take her, Rhea screamed. Take this murdering woman and cook her red-handed. Char you tree. Char-you-tree, the crowd responded. A forest of willing hands grew in the moonlight air. Somewhere firecrackers rattled and childish laughter excitedly. Yeah. Susan was lifted from the cart and handed towards the waiting woodpile above the head of the crowd. Passed by uplifted hands like a heroine returning triumphantly home from the wars. Her hands dripped red tears upon their strained, eager faces. The moon overlooked it all, dwarfing the glow of the paper lanterns. Bird and bear and hare and fish, she murmured as she was first lowered and then slammed against the pyramid of dry wood. But in the place with which had been left for her, the whole crowd chanted in unison now, char you tree, char you tree, bird and bear and hare and fish, trying to remember how he had danced with her that night, trying to remember how he had loved her with her in the willow grove, trying to remember that first meeting in the dark road, thank ye, sigh, were well met, he had said. And yes, in spite of everything, in spite of the miserable ending with the folks who had been her neighbors, turned into prancing goblins above the moonlight, in spite of pain and betrayal and what was coming, he had spoken the truth. They had been well met. They had been very well met indeed. Char tree.
1: So they proceeded to pile corn husks and stuff around her. Mhm. And throw pretty much straw, everything at her. Just just they're putting all the fuel they can onto her.
0: Now came her aunt again and Rhea beside her. Each held a torch. They stood before her and Susan could smell sizzling pitch. Uh, Rhea raised her torch to the moon char you tree she screamed in her rusty old voice in the crowd responded char you tree cordelia raised her torch come reap come reap they cried back to her now ye Rhea crooned. now comes warmer kisses than any ye love ever gave die ye faithless cordelia whispered die for the crops death for you
1: It was she who first flung her torch into the corn chucks, which were piled as high as Susan's knees. Rhea flung hers as a bare second later. The corn chucks blazed up at once, dazzling Susan with yellow light. She drew in a final breath of cool air, warmed it with her heart, and loosed it in a defiant shout. Roland, I love thee! The crowd fell back, murmuring as if uneasy at what they had done, now that it was too late to take it back. Here was not a stuffy guy, but a cheerful girl they all knew, one of their own, for some mad reason, backed up against the Reap Night bonfire with her hands painted red. They might have saved her, given another moment, some might have anyway, but it was too late. The dry wood caught, her pants caught, her shirt caught, her long blonde hair blazed on her head like a crown. Roland, I love thee. At the end of her life, she was aware of heat, but no pain. She had time to consider his eyes, eyes of that blue which is the color of the sky at the first light of morning. She had time to think of him on the drop, riding rusher flat out, with his black hair flying back from his temples, and his neckerchief rippling, to see him laughing with an ease and freedom he would never find again in the long life which stretched out for him beyond hers. And it was his laughter she took with her as she went out, fleeing the light and heat into the silky, consoling dark, calling to him over and over as she went. Calling bird and bear and hare and fish.
0: Bye-bye, Susan! Yeah, that... Your death has been inevitable forever. But goodbye, Susan.
1: This is why Roland is messed up!
0: (laughs) Pretty horrible death here. There was no word, not even no... And his screams at the end, he howled like a gutted animal, his hands welded to the ball, which beat like a runaway heart. He watched in it as she burned. Cuthbert tried again to take the cursed thing away. He couldn't. He did only the only thing he could think of. He drew his revolver, pointed it at the ball, and thumbed back the hammer. He would likely wound Roland, and the flying glass might even blind him. But there was no other choice. If he didn't do something, the glam would kill him. But there was no need. As if seeing Cuthbert's gun and understanding what he meant, the ball went instantly dark and dead in Roland's hands. It's like, okay, I gotta let go, I'm done. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) So,
1: pretty much he, he's, he lost it, he's, Knocked out, passed
0: out. He he's done. Yeah, he's and so good. And Elaine's
1: first instinct is, of course, to crush the thing. And Cuth-
0: God, he should have.
1: I know. He's that. Well, that was the other thing that I was thinking of earlier. It says, he stepped forward, meaning to crush it to powder beneath his boot. Don't you dare, Cuthbert said in a hoarse voice. He was kneeling beside Roland's limp form, but looking at Elaine. The rising moon was in his eyes, two small bright stones of light. Don't you dare. After all the misery and death we've gone through to get it, don't you even think of it. Elaine looked at him uncertainly for a moment, thinking he should just destroy the cursed thing anyway. Misery suffered did not justify misery to come, and as long as the thing on the ground remained whole, misery was all it would bring to anyone. It was a misery machine, that's what it was, and it had killed Susan Delgado. He hadn't seen what Roland had seen in the glass, but he had seen his friend's face, and that had been enough. But then he thought of Ka and drew back. Later he would bitterly regret doing so.
0: Ah!
1: Get rid of it! And Roland pretty much... They had to just drape him over his horse. Because Rusher came back. All the horses came back. But especially yeah. Rusher. And they just put him on his horse and just left.
0: Yeah, and they just start making their way gone.
1: Yeah. And... At first they were worried he was going to starve to death, but then he kind of came around and started riding his horse, but that's all he'd do, is he would eat. He would eat, and it, nothing else.
0: Speak wouldn't speak. He would not be parted from the piece of Merlin's rainbow, which they had brought out of mages in such a great at such a great price. It did not glow for him, however. Not, Cuthbert thought, once, while Al and I are awake to see it. I, anyway... Elaine couldn't get Roland's hand off the ball, and so he laid his own on Roland's cheek, touching him that way, except there was nothing to touch, nothing there. The thing which rode west with them toward Gilead was not Roland, or even a ghost of Roland. Like the moon at the close of its circle, Roland had gone. <laughs> God! Ah! Ah!
1: That was a lot,
0: but it was a lot, and we're short on time. But that's the end. We'll be moving into part four called "All God's Chillin' Got Shoes." I don't know why it's called that. So
1: we're heading back to our buddies.
0: Chapter one, Kansas in the morning. We're gonna probably I think like four or five short, short, short chapters. So I think next week's only like ten pages or something. We're gonna keep it short for the next few weeks. Have a few short episodes and be happy about that
1: but maybe but, next time before we start we'll kind of go over the emotions from this one but for now we're gonna have to call it a night
0: yeah we, it's been a long long episode so we'll be going to shoes in the road uh, the rest of the book's good i like the i like mm-hmm. it as well even this end was good just yes. bitterly so it's, bitter it's, a, it's
1: it's bittersweet it's like it's it's such a good story. It's got such a good plot. Such good action. But it's just hurtful. Because it's like Roland's carrying this always.
0: Yes. The, 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 this this chapter is what changes Roland forever. This is what turns Roland into the Roland we know. This is what sets him on his way to the Dark Tower. That's what makes him the person he is. Mm-hmm. And all I wanted to do is Roland to wake up. Go back to town and kill everyone.
1: Just do it. T- wasn't it tall? I think it was tall. Yeah, he's done it before. Just not till he got older.
0: Yeah, well, well, he did it in the future. He can do it now! But, as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach Amanda KZ Pup. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus. Everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services. Round.
1: Possibly, just don't look for it in the glass.
0: No, no. It's it's deadly. It'll like you dry. In a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, guys. Till next time. Long days and pleasant nights.